There is no nobility in poverty. I have been a rich man and I have been a poor man and I choose rich every fucking time. Welcome everybody to the Money Time Podcast. I'm your host, Adrian Hernandez. And with me today, I have a brother. He is a mentor. He is also my business partner when it comes to flipping houses. You guys, this guy gets more free lunches and dinners than anybody I know. Uh, nonetheless, he has done some amazing things in his life, guys. Uh, I admire this person. I look up to this person. Nonetheless, there are some major nuggets in this podcast that I know you are going to, uh, you're going to laugh, but you're also going to learn a lot. So grab a piece of paper, grab a pen, guys. Get ready. If you're uh, watching this or listening to this in the evening, grab a drink because, uh, yeah, you're oh, in for a treat. Oh, it's going to get good. All right. We'll see you. Let's go. How are you? My mother <laughs> from another mother. <laughs> That's too funny. So for those of you who know uh, Eddie, you know who, uh, who he is and what he's about. But for those of you who don't know who Eddie Salinas is, Eddie, who are you? What do you do? So do my name is Eddie Salinas. I've been in the real estate flipping uh, side of the business for the last eight years. Um, I started with a partner that we will discuss you know, later on in the podcast, I'm sure. And I've been on my own for the last five years. And for the last, I believe, four years, me and you have been pondering up on all the flips that I do. So <clears throat> I've been, um, the last two years, I've been developing more of rental properties for my family. So I buy properties and I kind of develop ADUs and build from the ground up. But I still do flips uh, as my primary source of income. So I love I've it. Doing, yeah, I've been doing that for the last, you know, like I said, eight years, but my, on my own five and partnering with you for the last four and what area are you in uh i'm in rancho Cucamonga, so the alien empire mostly is where all my rentals and my our flips are at yeah so eddie and i we flip houses together yeah. um that's we didn't start that way started eddie uh, actually crazy we met years before uh when i was in high school and yep. i went into your shop my buddy uh, so we'll I used to be, there. yeah, we'll get there. Okay. We'll get there. Yeah, right. yeah, 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 we'll get there. But long story short, I went into Eddie's fitness shop long before that. And then I happened to be working for a gentleman, Eddie, who's really good friends with that at that time, was really good friends with them. I then show up to a proper, no, you show up to the I office, show up to, your house, to the office, to the office in yeah. your BMW six series. Yeah. And, and I was like, where do I, where do I know this guy from? Long story short, we get in the car and uh, we started off friends. Now we flip houses together. And uh, you know, what's interesting is that Eddie has a very, very, if you looked at him, you would, you'd be like, okay, cool guy. Right. But his stories are absolutely insane. And <laughs> what we're going to talk about today, you're going to be like, is what the hell, how did he do? So what I want to do is I want to start all the way back at the beginning. Okay. Where did you come from? Were you born in? Were you born here? How did you get here? Let's okay. talk about that. So I was born in Mexico, um, in Guadalajara. My parents immigrated. Actually, my dad immigrated to the U.S. when I was ten, and we came here when I was ten years old. We lived in Burbank, Glendale area, for about wow. three years. Actually, no, I'm lying. For about a year and a half. And I started getting into gangs, you know, at, at that age. So my my dad said, hey, no, we got to get the hell out of here. So they bought a house in Colton. Um, so we moved to Colton, and I was raised in Colton, Rialto area, all of my life until I was about 20. And then when I was 20 years old, um, I moved to Rancho Cucamonga. Wow. And I've been there ever since. I went to Rialto High School. Um, from high school, I went to Cal San Bernardino. Um, I graduated from Cal San Bernardino. Um, and I've done a multiple thing. I mean, multiple of jobs. I used to be a uh, high school teacher. I taught biology and physics for a while. Uh, I used to work for the Richardson County Sheriff's Department, so I was there for about three years. Um, but during all that time, I opened up a nutrition store, which is where I met you. I opened up a nutrition store. I used to be in really deep into bodybuilding. Obviously, you can't tell that now, but you know, I live <laughs> back vicariously through my friends. Well, um, we'll throw the picture up. We'll yeah, I'll throw you. my picture up yeah. there. So I, I met you when I... Um, I opened up a nutrition store in the city of Upland, and that's where I met you. I think you were 17 at the time. Yeah. You were in high school. I was in high school. I yeah. don't remember how old I was. And I did that for about um, probably like four years. Um, I got in trouble. I used to um, well, yeah. I used to sell drugs. I used to be a, a huge steroid dealer. Until I met you. And I used, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, okay, I don't want to throw that out there, but <laughs> I, met you. I was a big steroid dealer, and I used my shop as a front, obviously, to, to sell the steroids out of it. I got busted. And uh, during that time, I ended up um, not reconciling, but I, I knew I knew this this guy, this gentleman that we talked about. Um, I knew Danny Morrell. 
His name is Danny Morrell. I knew him from high school, and um, he came into the shop. Um, and during that time, he was talking about opening up a real estate business. Um, I was getting tired of doing what I was doing because I knew that I eventually I was gonna get I was gonna get caught, go to jail, or get killed. Luckily for me, I got caught and I went to jail. So I got caught. I went to jail. When I came out, um, the money that I had saved from selling drugs, I basically used to start a flipping business with with Danny, right. and that's how we started. Which was when I met you at the office about. 10, 11 years ago. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. And ever since then, you know, everything went up. And it wasn't just a normal bust, right? From my understandings, it was like uh, in the movie, uh, what's that? What's that movie where uh, Recco comes from? But the, the cut. Oh, yeah, the closest street. Yeah, they, like, swarmed it's from, it's in. Lit, like yeah. Boiler Room, where it, they just yeah. swarmed in. It was an overkill. Really? So I was, as a matter of fact, I was actually teaching at Gary High School in Pomona when that happened. So I was in I was in class and the DEA well actually well my principal called me on the phone, and the principal said hey listen I need you to come to the office right now and I said okay, so as I was walking out there was another teacher coming in to relieve me because I had students in my class, so I walked into the office to meet with the principal and there were two DEA agents I seen them they had their badges and their jackets and I already knew I'm like fuck I'm pretty fucked, so then he's oh, looking shit. at me and saying what the fuck is going on what, what is this I'm like hey look man I. I'll tell you about it later. So the agent that was there, he goes, hey, look, um, we spoke to your principal. He says, you're a really cool guy. We don't want to take you away in cuffs in front of the kids. We know that the kids really like you. You know, would you give me your word that we, if we let you finish the day here teaching, you'll meet us back at your, at your shop? Sure. I'm a nutrition store because I still had it. Right. And I go, yeah, of course. You know, where am I going to go? So sure enough, uh, they let me finish the day. I told my kids, hey, listen, you're, never gonna, you're not going to see me again. I'm going to. Today will be my last day. And then as I was driving to my shop, I realized that the street, the street was closed. I came in through the back, and unbeknownst to the agents that were already there, they didn't know that I was not apprehended at the school. So they oh, thought shit. that I was pulling up, like, just like you, you pulling no up, idea. doing my own thing, not doing right. anything. So they swore my car with guns drawn. I'm like, wait a minute. Like, you guys knew that I was coming. Yeah. So... Nothing, you know, Holy yeah. <laughs> so I got arrested. I got taken away. And um, and that was the beginning, actually, of, of, of all this, of where I became, what I ended up at. That is crazy. Yeah. Now, you know, since I've met you, you've always had this ambition, this ambitious spirit, yeah. right? Where did that come from? I think it just came from me wanting to have a better life because I knew eventually I would have children and a family. Um, I don't really do things for myself. I've always been able to detach my emotion and my feelings from business and from money and from my wants to make sure that if I do make money, I was going to be able to provide for my family, my mom and dad, right? I want to be able to take care of my mom and dad. I knew that I, I, eventually I was going to be married and have kids, so I wanted them to have a good financial you know, backing if anything ever happened to me. Yeah. Um, and I also you know, love to give to my church, so I knew that if I, if, if I wanted to be a top tither or a top giver to my church, I needed to be, you know, financially stable to be able to do that right. so all those things culminated for me to be able to know i need to make money to be able to provide for all of these different people and, yeah. and things that i'm involved in so i'm assuming that was most recent but what about like did you have that ambitious spirit in high school were you <clears throat> you know i come as a child i i i think it was more of me like not having so mind you i wasn't poor um i wasn't poor my parents both were hard-working men and my mom and my dad worked but it, but in high school, I knew that I wasn't um, financially stable like the rest of the kids. Hmm. I didn't lack food. I didn't lack somewhere to sleep. I didn't lack you know nothing to eat. But I did lack, you know, other things that I saw other kids have, you know, fits, a, a good cell phone, right? Um, a pager I, back a then. A pager. Well, yeah, back, yeah, my days it was pager. <laughs> Shit, yeah, pager. Believe it or not, it was a pager, a car, right? I had a, I had a car in high school, mm -hmm. um, but they were, you know, they had new cars and they had a nicer, you know, house and stuff like right. that. So I think when I was in high school, I started to develop this sense of um, ambition and wanting to be better than where I was. Not to say that I wasn't appreciative of what my parents provided me, right. but I knew that there was something more. And because of where I come from, my my mom and dad, and I love them, they do have a limited mindset. <clears throat> you know, in Mexico, um, you go to work, and you and you pay bills, and you go to sleep, right? right? So 
it was embedded in my head that that was the only way to be able to be quote unquote successful. So I had to step out of that mindset and realize that, hey, I could do more. I just have to learn how to do it. Right. So for me, it started in high school and then it just kept going through college. And now that I'm older, I, I'm even more so uh, in tune with myself that I know that I could do much more than what I have now. Right. And did you, uh, did you play sports? I played football. Yeah, I was a football player. I was okay. pretty good. Um, even though I was short, I played linebacker and I made OCIF. I brag about that because that's like my Al Bundy, you know, moment, you know. So, but yeah, dude, I was pretty good, man. I, you know, I, I, I didn't go to college because I was too short because of football. But, um, but I played football all four years. I was working all four years. That is funny. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that's right. I'm a little bit taller than you. Right? <clears throat> We're the same height. Oh, but you, you, admitted, were, but you, were, you admitted you're no, the same No, but height. you wear you shoes with those fucking things yeah, on, the dude. the platforms. The dude, platform I shoes. Little, I got to look a little bit taller. That's okay. You know what I mean? Like yeah. at our wedding, I had to get extra ones just to make sure that Kellyanne and I were a little you, bit equal. Kel, you're lucky. You're actually <laughs> lucky. You're blessed with that woman, by the way. And I want I want Kellyanne to know that. You were the catch, Kellyanne, not this guy. But I couldn't yes. agree more. Bless. Blessed with her. <laughs> All right, so you play football. Yeah. How, lead us into how you got into what came first, <clears> the school the uh, sheriffs, what came first, and then how did that happen? So after high school, I went to Casa San Bernardino, and I got a degree in criminal justice, and also I got a degree in uh, nutrition and food sciences because I've always been into working out and bodybuilding. And my goal was to go to law school. So my I got into the sheriff's department at 20 years old, okay. very young. They hired me to go to the academy at 20, I literally at 20 and a half. I was going to be 21 when I graduated. And my goal was to save all the money that I made from the sheriff's department to go to law school. Well, <clears throat> I'm, I get lost when I read. I'm not dyslexic, but when I read, I could read like 10 pages, and I'm like, what the fuck did I just read? Let me go yeah. back. Yeah. Comprehension. And Yeah, the comprehension, exactly. So my buddy that was, in high, that was actually already in law school told me, he's like, bro, you're not going to make it. It's literally 95% reading. Right. So I'm like, fuck, what am I going to do? So I ended up opening, up opening up a nutrition store. So I opened up a nutrition store. I ended up leaving the sheriff's department, and... When I opened up the nutrition store, the superintendent for Pomona Unified School District walked into my shop. You're bodybuilding at this whole time. Yeah, I'm still bodybuilding, okay. working out, okay. competing. And uh, he says, do you speak Spanish? I'm like, yeah, I speak Spanish. He's like, you know what? We need a bilingual biology teacher. I could probably get you in with your degree, even though it's not biology. It's a science. You know, are you interested? And I'm like, well, you know, the shop is doing good, quote unquote, because I'm selling a bunch of steroids, so I'm doing really well. Yeah, you got time. Um, and I have time. Sure. So I started teaching um, during the day, and then I would get off of work and then come to the store after I got off of teaching and then would finish the day off at my shop. So that's how those two things came hand in hand. And the whole time you're bodybuilding, when did you – so Eddie actually competed. Um, let's, we can – I got to throw a photo. We'll get a photo by the time you guys watch the YouTube video. There'll be a photo of when he actually competed. Uh, when did that all take place? I <clears throat> competed in when I was 18, 19, and 20. So I did three shows. Um, and my last one was I was 20 years old. I did the USA's the, yeah, back in 90, 98. Oh, shit. God, Lee. 98? I'm fucking old, dude. Well, I was eight. You were eight years old. That's crazy. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did the USA's, the, the NPC USA's. I got my ass handed to me because I thought I was the shit, and I was shit. Um, but other than that show, I did really well. That's you awesome. Know, I placed really, really well in my bodybuilding. Right. That's actually the toughest thing I've ever done. For Far from going to jail, you know, college, doing a diet for a bodybuilding show is by far the most hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Why is that? Just the discipline that it takes mm. for you to say, hey, I, I'm thirsty, and there's gallons of water, but I cannot touch it. Or I'm starving, but I cannot eat. That's so, so forcing yourself not to eat or drink when it's readily available to you is extremely difficult. Right. It is the hardest thing you'll ever do. Because you'll say, well, let me have a bite, or let me have a little bit of a sip. You can't. You could, but you will not achieve the level of physique you need to win the show so what what is it what is it required like you, let's just say you know for instance chicken right? yeah i literally i so i always experimented with myself when it came to like taking drugs and dieting okay so i would do like extremes because i knew that's what it would take for me to achieve the physique that i needed to achieve to win so i would do like a like a month i did a month of eating just egg whites and broccoli so i did six meals 
of 18 egg whites and a cup of broccoli six times a day for a whole month. Wait, 30 days straight? 30 days straight, yeah. And then another 30 days, I did tilapia because I knew fish was... Oh, yeah. And so I did... That's right. I, I would from. do... Yeah, I did eight ounces <laughs> of tilapia, again, with a little bit of rice and, and broccoli, 30 days straight. So I would do extremes. And I found that egg, egg whites, tilapia are the best combination to get shredded. And as I got into it more, I figured, okay, I could do one week of egg whites and then one week of tilapia. I don't have to do a whole month. Right. And I was able to kind of gauge that. And I also used that when I would train other people. Because when I opened up my shop, I started training people for bodybuilding shows. Right. And I became a nutritionist because my degree was in nutrition as well. So I utilized my degree to do diets for, for people, for clients, and they all did really well. That is awesome. Yeah, so I if did. all I ate was egg whites, You won't be able to do tilapia. it. I will give anyone out there, anyone out there, I will give anybody $1,000 if you could document yourself doing 18 egg whites and a cup of broccoli six times a day for a month. You can't, No one can do it. To this day, nobody can do it. Every I've trained. Six I've, times a day? I did it six times a day for 30 yeah. days straight. And you can't cheat. You could only drink water. I, I, I didn't drink diet sodas. Josh is outside. He tried it for like five days. He failed. So it's just water? It's just water, egg whites, and broccoli. Could you do it, Timmy? No. Guarantee you can. <laughs> you Dude, I, I, I have had bodybuilders that I've trained for shows that have won their pro card. Heidi, Tracy, my, my best right. friend Tracy. Yeah. Actually, no. Tracy could do it. I'm lying. Tracy's the only one that's done it. So I, I take that back. Nathan? Nathan couldn't do it. Oh, Nathan wow. couldn't do it. Tracy so, is the only one. So, okay. So all if all I ate was tilapia, egg whites, broccoli, and water, yes. shredded. 30 oh. days shredded. Uh, for, no, you, many, pro- well, like for you, it'll be like 60 days. 90. 60 days. 60, 90. But you won't be able to. Your, your mind will snap within three weeks. Because you go through that sugar depletion. Oh, do you, right? you would snap. You... That's what I'm saying was the hardest thing to do. Wow. Your body would snap. Your mind would snap. It's yeah, crazy. it's crazy. What was the best diet? You, was that the best diet? That you was the down? best I ever did. I got down to two point three percent body fat. Two point three percent body fat. So I had striated. So in the bodybuilding world, the yeah. achievement, like the ultimate achievement, is having striated glutes, which means your ass cheeks have muscle striations because there's no fat. I achieved that. What? The f- yeah. And what's the what is the typical average body percent fat that you need to get to to for achieve, a bodybuilding show to achieve si- sh- um, striated glutes? Yeah, three percent. At three percent, you have striated glutes. So I got like literally one, um, almost one full percent below that. So like R- Ronnie Coleman or Ronnie Coleman. Okay, so Ronnie Coleman, the king. Yeah, he's at two percent. What? Flex Wheeler will be at two percent. Yeah, that's why he was. Ronnie Coleman will always be to me the, just an alien when it came to bodybuilding. To be that, so mind you, I was one seventy four on stage. That's not that heavy. Right. Ronnie Coleman was two ninety. 290? 290 at that percentage of body fat. Most people don't understand what it takes to even think of getting there. And lifting that heavy, yeah. And he lifted 800-pound squats, 900-pound deadlifts. He was an alien when it came to bodybuilding. But if you look at him now, it took a toll on his body. He's had multiple knee and hip surgeries. It completely destroyed his body. Wow. Everyone that's made it big in bodybuilding at the end ruins our bodies the only one that's semi-normal is dorian yates but flex wheeler is bad ronnie coleman is bad most of them pass away or die from wow. excess because there's only so much you there's can only do so much your body. body can do yeah dude yeah. yeah you treat it like a machine and the machine yeah. eventually breaks i was talking to troy that one guy i was talking yeah. about yeah 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 he's telling me saying he's like there's eventually he's like dude you're, you kill yourself you kill yourself you indirectly kill yourself. you kill yourself and there's not that much money involved zero in bodybuilding right? now it's even worse bro really so when i was competing you would make tons of money on endorsements. So, like, magazines were big. Like, Muscular Development, Flex Magazine was huge. Right. Joe Weider would sign you as an athlete for Joe Weider. Wow. You know, Muscle Tech was really big back in the day. Right, right. So, they were offering $150,000 contracts plus free supplements. So, these bodybuilders were able to live off of that because you don't work when you bodybuild. That's right. your job. You yeah. go to the gym three times a day. You eat in between those, those gym sessions. Yeah, and then you nap. Think, you can't I'm think or work, or work. That's your job. Nowadays, because of social media, you have an influencer that's like 19 years old, that has a ton of followers, that doesn't know shit about working out, but looks good, and the companies use him to sell their product, Mm. which is what's been going on right now. So there is no money in bodybuilding. But on stage, there's no money. No. On stage. Now, you know, like the Mr. Olympia, I think the winner now makes like 250, but mind you, they spend about- 250 grand? Yeah. And then with sponsors, what would they- They'd probably make 350, but mind you, you spend about 100 grand on drugs- 
right? Because they're, they're juiced to the gills. They're spending a mon- ton of money on drugs. Yeah. All the food that it takes to get there. So they don't. it's, it's not a lucrative sport that you're going to say, I'm going to turn pro and I'm going to make a ton of money. Right. You're talking about the elite, elite, elite. Like the top two or three, those guys and girls probably make enough to survive and have a good life. But, but, but back when I was doing it, they were living. Like right. the top two or three were balling out of control. Wow. But now you don't see that. And there's no way to get there naturally. Absolute hell no. <laughs> you could do like men's physique, right? Men's physique right. and like women's physique. You could probably achieve that look right. natural. But bodybuilding as a pro bodybuilder, you will not achieve that without steroids. Without drugs. No. Yeah. No. Makes sense. Not at all. You Makes can't get there. Sense. You can't get there. Yeah. So, so go through bodybuilding. What okay. what happens after bodybuilding? So after bodybuilding, I end up obviously focusing a lot in my store and on teaching. And then after I obviously get in trouble, I realize after I come out of after I come out of prison, I realize, you know, I don't want to be a, a 35, 40 year old, 45 year old drug dealer. I need to do something better. I know that I'm better than what I'm doing. Right. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not a bad person. I just made bad choices, right? And right. I realized, well, I'm making a lot of money doing nothing because I wouldn't do anything. Right. I would sell drugs out of my store, go party. So I became lazy. Right. And I knew that I, I had more in my head and in my mind to apply it to do better with my life. Mm-hmm. You know, back then I would get pulled over. I would be super scared, shitting bricks and right. nervous. Now, you know, I get pulled over and honestly, it's like the, I enjoy, it's going to sound funny, but I enjoy getting pulled over. Right. I talk to the cops. I never get a ticket because right. they pull up my background and they're like, hey, you've been arrested. And they're dicks at first because they don't know me. Right. And I tell them the story behind it. And the next thing you know, they're like, hey, man, have a safe day. You're cool. See you later. I never get, I never get a ticket. Yeah, I, I don't have any tickets. Well, it's kind of, it's yeah, I don't have any tickets. That's cool. So that's where I, after that, I started focusing. Um, like I said, Danny opened up Intero, which is where I met you. Right. And we started flipping houses together. That was awesome. So after that, I just started doing that. They raided your house, yeah? Yeah, they like, raided my house. Took all your watches. They took everything. So they did something called asset forfeiture. Asset forfeiture. So they took uh, my cars. They took my house, which, mind you, for me, it was actually the, the best thing that happened because they actually took my house. They actually asset forfeited my house. Oh, and that was... And that was in 09. Oh. So I was oh. one of the lucky Take guys it. that I said, <laughs> fucking thank you, right? They literally took my house. Oh, shit. And the bank couldn't come after me. Well, because the government took it, wow. they you know so they right. paid you know it got and it didn't I didn't get affected by the crash, yeah. um, but they took all my watches. I had a huge watch collection. Wow. Um, they took my cars. They took my motorcycles. Um, they took my clothes. They took your clothes. They took my clothes. Yeah, I used to have that the Christian Adagier Ed Hardy bullshit. Uh, yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> and uh, th- you know they thought those clothes were like expensive. So they, so they, they took, took my them. clothes. Yeah. Get them out the alley. No, I. You know what's crazy <laughs> now? Now I got a great. St- I got a great story about the alley, man. Oh man, <laughs> let me tell it though real quick. So I, I went to the alley. I went to the alleys and I bought my ex girlfriend at that time. Now my wife. My wife will kill me. I bought my ex girlfriend at that time. Her name was Renee. Two purses, two Dooney and Brooke purses. I went to, then I went to Nordstrom's. I went to Nordstrom's and I asked the guy, hey, bro, can I can I have some boxes? Right. So I put those purses in in, in the Nordstrom's <laughs> box, gave it to her for Christmas. Everyone was like saying, oh, fuck, man, you're, you gave her two purses. You're doing, um, I was king dingling, blah, blah, blah. Was that six grand a purse? Uh, no, they were not. They no. were like probably like 800 bucks. Oh, but okay. this was like okay. Okay. 15, okay. 12, 15 right. years ago, right? right? right. And I gave her two for Christmas. Their family's looking at me like I'm fucking Donald Trump. <laughs> Fast forward four <laughs> days after, I'm at the gym and I get a phone call. And it's her. Her name, her name is Renee. She's like, hey, um, I'm at Montclair Plaza and I'm about to get arrested. I'm like, what? What do you mean? She's like, tell me the truth. Are these purses real? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Yes. I, what are you talking about? On Montclair PD gets on the phone. I forgot the officer's name. He's like, "Hey man, my name is I forgot his off, the officer's name. This officer such and such, your your girlfriend is here trying to return two fake purses that she says you gave her for Christmas. I need to know what's going on because I'm about to place her under arrest because anything over a thousand dollars is larceny. Shit. So she was gonna be charged with larceny. It was a felony, and I just got quiet and I go, "Fuck, bro. Yeah, I bought him at the alley." And he said, "You know what, man?" I'm going to hang up the phone, and good luck. I'm not going to do anything to her, but you're pretty fucked. Hung up the phone, 
they let her go, and obviously we had a big fight about the But that's my story about the alleys. Don't buy shit up the alleys. You're going to get it. So the alleys, if you guys don't know what the alley is, it's it's in L.A., and yep. in essence, it's a bunch of uh, counterfeit stuff. You can find counterfeit Rolexes, Everything. fake Chanel pur- purses. So I was held uh, about 12, 13. Yeah, seventh grade, 12, 13. We go to the alley. Yep. Right? So I asked my dad, let me borrow some money. Oh. So I bought... I don't know how many Chanel purses. Forgot how many Chanel oh, purses. You, oh, you, you, no, you so I bought these Chanel purses, right? Mind you, because before I see my mom, she bought one. I go on in eBay. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, dude, what the fuck, right? I don't. I'm, I'm in the seventh grade. I mean, I'm in. Uh, yeah, I'm in the seventh grade at the time. Oh, so wow. I create an eBay account under my dad's name. Oh, you're gangster. I, fuck, my dad gives me the money to buy the 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 the, the Chanel purses. I take really neat photos, throw them on eBay. You are fifteen hundred bucks, seventeen hundred bucks. Oh my god! I forgot how much the the other one sold for. Long story short, (coughs) my dad gets a federal letter saying, "Hey, we are well. They seized the eBay store. We need you to. We had to give back all the money." money. My dad was so pissed. You are they were they were threatening him with all you know. Oh yeah, dude, it's a federal crime. I forget exactly what happened with him and the call that they had, but it was yeah, it was bad. I remember my dad being like, "What the." Fuck. Good for you, bro. I knew that's what we're best friends. I just gave it to my girlfriend. This motherfucker made money. Like, I had you. no idea. Dude, that's awesome. Well, I, I didn't mean, know I, that. I probably did know. I probably that's subconsciously awesome. Good did for know. you. At least you seventh, tried. At least you tried. At least you tried. So see, 12 years old. most people ask me that. Most people say hey, that you have that, like like you asked me, the mentality of um, entrepreneurship when you were selling drugs. Right. Yeah. Obviously, you already had that entrepreneurial mindset even at that age. You were young. You were a kid. I was already an adult, so I'm not going to excuse my behavior, but I'm going right. to excuse yours. You didn't know where to apply that mindset. You were trying to make money and said, oh, shit, I could do this. For sure. Without realizing that, hey, it's illegal and it's wrong. Right. Morally wrong, right? For sure. I was the same way. I thought that I could make all this money selling steroids, um, but it was, a mor- it was morally wrong. It's illegal, right? Yeah. So I had to go through that process. You went through it at a younger age. Probably because your dad checking you and saying what the fuck is going on. I had to go through it the legal way. I got in trouble. I went to jail and I had to come out. So our mindsets have always been there. Yeah. We just didn't know how to apply it to do it the right way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, so it goes earlier than that. I was five years old, five years old, and we had a wet. Was I five? So we moved from LA and I was nine. No, I wasn't five. I was probably seven. Yeah, I want to say seven. Mom, dad, you're going to have to give me the age. Say six, seven, eight, somewhere around there. Before we moved from LA to Ranch Cucamonga. Oh, okay. So we had I had a wagon that I would tie to my bike, and I put um, I was creating a little little thing that said uh, twenty five cents for a ride. So I would you know charge the kids twenty five cents to take them on a little ride. You're shitting me. So I me, made dude. this little sign, and I'm using a box cutter, and I'm in the garage, and I'm using a box cutter, and the box cutter slips, and I still have the scar oh, right there. Wow. Box cutter slips. And slips into my wrist. I'm not knowing at the time. I run in. My mom's like, oh, my God. Freaks out. Calls my dad. Long story short, the business never got launched. But my intention was. My my intention was was the charge. Because at the time, all the kids played outside. It wasn't like today where you don't see the kids on the block. Everyone. This was Southgate at the time. All the kids were outside. Absolutely. Right? And I would always ride my little scooter or my bike around with the wagon. And so I was like, yeah, make 25 cents. So it started when I was like five, actually. Bro, that's actually amazing. I never kinda knew cool. that about you. Dude, that's yeah, fucking badass. Cool. Cool. So see, <clears throat> for you, it's been embedded. Yeah. You've always had that. Yeah. You just didn't know how to apply it. And now, it's exploding. Yeah, Good for you, dude. Direction. That's dope. I didn't know yeah, that. exploding and free dinner. Speaking about that, yeah. So we'll talk about that later. Eddie gets more free dinners that's than anybody that I know in this entire nation. That's not true. Of nation and free dinners. Speaking of that, we're gonna, you're buying today. Yeah. Or Josh, because I'm not. I know. See? Free dinner. <laughs> okay, so you then we meet at Int- we re meet yeah. at Intero again, not knowing right, and you then you guys was that your flip the first flip that first we met flip, at that Danny that. walked out and sold. That's right. Okay, yeah. So you did that. We started doing we started doing flips. Me and Danny started doing flips for about uh, probably like four years. And it didn't. It wasn't like you got in it and boom, you were doing a hundred. No, flips. no. Talk about I, that story. So I started doing the first year. I think we did like ten. Okay. Right. I didn't know anything about construction. He just kind of threw me out there and said, hey, you, ha- you figure it out. And I was only making 10%. Oh, wow. Mind you, I didn't know anything about numbers. Right. I've always been a, a, a trusted, I trust my friends and my, you know, whatever number you give me, let's go with it. Right. Uh, and he would take 90% and I will keep 10. 
right? And I would do everything. Right. It was my money um, that we used for the flips. It was my managing with the contractors. And he's like, yeah, let's start at 10%. But I'm like, okay, well, I didn't know anything. You know, I didn't know what a good percentage was. Right. Hindsight now, I'm like, God damn, I got really taken advantage. But there's always light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, and I sure. realized why that happened, right. right? So we did it for like three or four years. Unfortunately, there was one year where we bought about three properties that were in the negative. And, and like I've always told you, there's always money makes people do funny things. And I don't care how close you are. I've known, I knew him for 20 years. I knew him from like middle school. Um, and everyone is going to be your friend and everyone is going to be by your side when everything is good yeah. and you have money and you have food at the table. Come talk to me when you and your close friend go through some dark times where that is gonna, not only going to cost you your time, it's going to cost you money. And it's going to cost you money that you don't have, that you really got to be like, fuck, how am I going to get this figured out coming out of my pocket? And unfortunately, that's what happened. These three deals came up. Um, money was not allocated properly, and he didn't want to take responsibility for it. He just like, well, hey, bro, you got to figure it out. You got to call the person that we get the money from, right, and figure it out with him. Thankfully, the, the, the individual that has been by my side since then and even now understood and saw what was going on and said, you know what, I know it's not all your fault. I'm not going to go ahead and pin it all on you. Right. And that was basically the beginning of me breaking through into doing my own thing. So when I felt that I got, you know, mind you, I went through a lot of sleepless nights. My babies were just born. Right. You know, they were literally like six months old. Right. My wife didn't know this, but I would go out to the front of the of the house like at two o'clock in the morning and sit on the porch and be like, how am I going to do this? I have no money. You know, I had no money. Yeah, and, um, and negatives. I had negatives, you know, because I stopped selling drugs altogether. So I went from yeah. making like 20 grand a month in cash selling drugs to making no money. Right. Because I knew that. If God was going to bless me, I couldn't have my foot in the in, in and out. I can't ask God to bless me when I'm doing something wrong. Right. God is not going to do that. That's the devil blessing us, right? right. right. The devil is not going to come with horns and a fucking picket. He's going to come at you with whatever you're looking for. Yeah. So yeah. I knew that in order for God to be in my life, I needed to fully trust him. So I stopped selling drugs altogether and I jumped into flipping, but I had no money. No, no money was coming in and all of my money in my savings was going out. We were in the negative. How am I going to come up with the money to pay this individual off? But thankfully, he understood and said, you know what? I know what's going on. I trust you, and I know that you're going to make things right. I want to do business just with you. And that was the begin beginning of my my rebirth of Cal Holmes Group. I opened up Cal Holmes Group after that. Right. And that's when me and you, basically, it kind of started at the same time. At the same time. And, and that's where I'm at now. That, that was awesome. about Yeah, four, five years ago. Yeah. Five years ago. And, you know, it's interesting because um, a lot of people get in partnerships and we, you think it lasts forever. Oh, no. Right. Or you think that um, that other person has your best interest no. at heart. And from what we've learned, uh, it's it's what they, they do. Some people have your best interest in heart when it's it only when it benefits, benefits them. them. Listen, and, and not to talk bad about these guys, because I'm not I'm not here to badmouth anybody, but. It's very apparent and evident whenever you're jumping ship, like you change names and then you change names and then you change names. And it's it's actually obviously apparent when someone does not have their best interest at heart when so many people come and go out of people's lives, right? right? right. I have friendships, all of my friends I've had for at least 20, 30 years, right? right? And I could tell you that whenever you do business with friends, whenever you do business with friends, it's extremely, extremely difficult. I could tell you to your face right now, you're the only one out of all the friends that I have other than Jay, right? Yeah. And Raymond. Raymond. But I've known him for 30 years. You're the only one that I could tell you that you're my good friend that I could do business with. We take losses. We bicker. We say, what the fuck, Kick bro? Kick and scream. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then we're like, <laughs> okay, <the> let's <laughs> go, right? The minute I was going to take a loss with... Danny, he jumped ship and left everybody there. But you see that he's done that with everyone. Yeah. Even with his wife. Yeah. Sorry, but it's true. No, it's, it's right? the truth. You jump ship and yeah. then you try to say, oh, well, it's your mindset. And like, 
the the typical narcissistic behavior is when 100%. you put it up on everyone else and you say it's your mindset, you're weak, you don't see this, da da da. No, it's listen, I keep it's your ego. No, listen, I keep it one hundred. One thing about me, you could ask people from high school and you could ask people that have known me when I was a kid. I don't change. I'm the same ghetto person <laughs> from back then till now. And if you love me, cool. And if you don't, all good. I don't expect people to like who, who I am. Right. I expect you to respect me. Right. I will respect you even if I don't like you. Right. If I see someone that I don't like, right. and it's and it's happened, and you acknowledge me, how you doing, bro? All good. But I'm not going to sit here and break bread with you. I'm not going to sit there and talk to you. I'm going to acknowledge you respectfully and yeah. walk away. Yeah. Right? right? The old data would be like, fuck you, what's yeah. up? Yeah. I'm old now. I'm 45, I have kids. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even have time for that. But you see that. These individuals did that. Yeah. And... Unfortunately, you, you you don't have to go through that to realize what kind of person that that person actually is. For sure. We have the gift of discernment. God gave us that. And we fight it. We always fight it. You know that, oh, I got that gut feeling. That's not a feeling. Yeah. That's God telling you, hey, yeah, I'm going to give you the chance. I'm giving you the chance to look at it. Right. I'm not going to force you. And we always force it. We always 100%. look. We always try to say, oh, I want to look. I want to I see the positive in someone. Listen. He might have positives, but he might have a lot more negatives. For sure. You got to get that feeling that you get. You, we want to fight it because for two reasons. One, like, fuck, there's an opportunity here that I can make a lot of money right now. Right. Right? Right. But that gift of discernment that God is giving you to check that guy or that girl is not for this deal. It's for like four deals down the line. For sure. That it's going to eliminate all the money that you made from this deal. Yeah. But because we're greedy and because we are extremely like money hungry, we don't look past what we see right this. now. Yeah. And that's what happened. Yeah, for sure. My, yeah. What's crazy, my dad, bro, listen, my dad, and I'm going to plug him in, my dad, to this day, I, I have a pretty good gift of discernment. But I also get blinded by, because I'm a human being, by greed and envy. My dad, obviously because I'm his son, has always had that. And he told me, be careful with Danny from the very beginning. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because, you know, we in, in my eyes, right, I was um, it, it was all loyalty for me. Right. It was well, like, course. well, you know, it was it was you helped me here. Yeah, you I'm helped gonna, me yes. there. Right. And uh, but the moment that it was I was get I was making or earning more. Oh, no. The you moment gotta, that chop your legs it down. was um, he could possibly get a little bit further ahead. Of course. I was instantly brought back Absolutely. down. Absolutely. And then the moment I wanted to go do my own thing, no. it was shame on you. Absolutely. And from what I know, there was tons of, you know, we call them crickets, right? Oh, yes. There was yes. tons of noise the moment I left. Absolutely. For what? Right? For what? So it's just, you know, however, for everybody who listens to this, and, you know, we're talking about an experience that went sideways. Correct. It may happen to you. Correct. But understand that, as we've heard from Tony, as we've heard from Ed Milet, life happens for you, not, not to, to you. you. Absolutely. And, and, and had that not happened, I wouldn't we, be where I'm at. We wouldn't have connected. No. We wouldn't have the plug that we no. have. We wouldn't be where we're at. Like, Absolutely. I, 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 I believe that it, it is all in direct correlation to where we're going. You know, our right? lives, mind you, I'm a, I'm a very devout Christian. I'm not here to Bible thump anybody, but, but I do, I am extremely proud of my faith. And I will wear that on my sleeve. And most people say, like, what the fuck? This guy curses and talks shit, and he's a Bible-thumper Christian. Yeah, I'm not perfect, right? I'm yeah. who I am, and God loves me for who I am. He made me. He made me in his image. He, I think he broke the mold, if you ask, if you ask me, you know what I mean? But um, <laughs> that was good. Huh? Um, but I always tell people now that I'm older, and I'm a lot more wiser, and I'm a lot more deep in my faith, um, everything that has happened in my life, he has already preordained it. Yep. I just didn't realize what was happening then. And he says it. You don't see now. Right. But soon enough you will, right? Mm -hmm. Back then when everything was going on, I'm like, fuck, my best friend is backstabbing me. What is going on? Blah, 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 blah. And now I look at it, I'm like, you know, what did I get from that? I gained you, right? Which you are, you know, you're probably one of my dearest, closest friends. You're like my, like my blood. Yeah. And... I gained the relationship that I have with our, you know, our, our money guy. I don't want to say his name, obviously. Right. Um, and it, it got me to where I am in life. Like the success that I've achieved happened from that 
one backstabbing incident. Yeah. Obviously, when you're going through the pain, you don't realize it. For sure. But you just have to believe that something better is going to happen. Yeah. The problem is we're not patient. We're very impatient. Humans are very impatient. And we don't want to go through the pain. We just want to see the victory. And in the Bible, David didn't go around the valley of the shadow of death. I always tell you that. Yeah. God didn't take the valley away from De- you know from David. David said, as I walk through the valley, we're going to have many valleys, right? And right. some of you guys might be walking through yours now. And your valley might be a fucking long fucking valley, right? Yeah. It might be, uh, you're like, fuck, I've been dealing with whatever you're dealing with for a year, two years, three years, whatever it is. The point is, you got to walk through it. There's going to be an end to that valley. Mine was that one, right? And I went through a bad depression last year, right? You know about that. Right. Um, I went through a bad valley back then, but I knew that I was going to get through it if I knew I could trust on him. Yeah. And I did. And, and he got walking. me through it. Yeah. He got me through it. And no one else can take that walk but you. No. No one can take it for you. Yeah. No yeah. one can take you away from it. Right. Right? You could mask it and you could try to hide from it, but you're going to have to walk through it. Yep. And once you walk through it, you realize, man, some of the shit that... What's funny was, last year I went through a really bad depression from stress, from properties, money, blah, 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 blah. And now I'm dealing with some of the same things, and it doesn't bother me anymore. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because I have developed the strength to be able to deal with them. Yeah. Some callus around it. Yeah, exactly. You got some callus around it. I would never have gotten those calluses if I, if, if I didn't walk through that bumpy road. 100%. Whereas if I, if I avoided it somehow, how yeah. am I going to develop that strength? Right. But the problem is we don't know that. Yeah. We don't know that until after we're done with it. Well, kind of like when we lost 30 grand on our first deal, and we were like, 30 grand? Whoa. And then we, and then lose- we lost a couple hundred, and we're like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> you, lost, you lost 100, I lost 100. All right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, shit, last year, last year I lost, me by myself, I lost $862,943. And I know the number exactly to the dollar amount because I... That came out of my account to be at zero with, you know, our money right, guy, right. right? And most people were like, "In my that's what threw me into it's the close depression." To a million yeah. dollars. It was literally a million dollars, right? And, and most people insane. were like, "How do you? How do you? How did you? What? How, yeah, I thought about killing myself last year. You know that. I yep. would talk to you every day. I talked to my my buddy Ty. I love you because without you, and our morning talks and walks, I wouldn't be here. My wife, right, and obviously my babies." But now I'm like, okay, well, shit, if I lost a million, I mean, I'm not saying I want to lose any more money. Yeah, yeah, fuck that. But it allowed me to understand that, okay, I got greedy last year, right? And it also showed me that sometimes the things that I pray for, he's going to give me, but not how I want to receive them. Right. Right? Right. I would ask him for more time. I would ask him for more patience with my kids. So I knew that if if he didn't kick me in the nuts to slow down, he was going to show me, okay, if you don't want to slow down on your own, I'm going to have to slow you. you down. Right. And yeah. he did. And I'm okay with it. Yeah. I'm appreciative. I'm appreciative of the times that he's put me through that. They, what's that uh, saying? They go, uh, you ask God for strength and he gives you challenges. He gives you challenges. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. You ask God for patience. Yes. Right. And, and he, he gives you like, you know, there's, there's this, it's a priest that talks about it. I see it yeah. on Instagram. It's a, he talks about four things and it's true. It is true. He's not just going to give you the, you know, he's going to give you the work right. for you to, achieve that patience 100%. that hard work that loyalty right all of that stuff yeah. and that's what he did even with me right so for me my children right i have two boys and um you know one of them well both but one of them is a little bit more uh he they're they're autistic and um uh, probably gonna get a little emotional but my wife man i have seen i have seen what true strength from a parent is from my wife. I'm a coward. Yeah. As, as, as God is my witness, I'm a fucking coward. Because I could not deal with what she deals with. I'm a coward. Go to work. She is, and I bug her every day. She gets pissed because I'm like a little kid. <laughs> but the, what she does with those two boys every single day so they are so they're okay, and they got willingly. Eddie, little Eddie, is not even on the spectrum anymore, right? He's a little right. bit, but not. Nico said hi the first time, like two days ago. Right. 
what I see from her is my she's literally my motivation and I and I know we fight and argue but she is the epitome of what strength is that's why I always tell you Kellyanne awesome. is what a mom that's what a mom is with the baby just kicking ass we hide out here bro we're hiding here we're working we're doing whatever we're doing but family and our children at the end of the day they could give a rat's ass about none of this shit they just want our time and they just want us to be there mind you we are entrepreneurs we're driven we want to make money not really for us but for them but we have to learn how to have a balance mm. and that's what i've learned how I'm 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 still learning, and I and I know that I tell you all the time because I'm five years ahead of you with kids, so everything that I've gone through, that's why I keep telling you, hey, don't do that, do this, do this, do this, right. because I already went through it. So I'm starting to try to develop um, the, a routine with a balance, mm. because I don't want to be the the absent dad. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I don't want yeah. I don't want to be like. I want my kids to hang out with me. Right. Right. Yeah. There was a, there was a video that I saw of this this multimillionaire. I forgot his name. He says, "You want to know what true success is? True success is your kids wanting to hang out with you when they're older." Right. Yeah. When they're older. Right. And it's true. Like I like I want to hang out with my dad. Like right. my dad comes over and watches the kids, and I, I love my dad. Right. That's true. Like and you see kids that only want to see their parents when they're like thirteen or fourteen years old. Imagine when they're older. True. So for me, that's something that I'm that I'm starting to work on right now. Yeah, and so. it's uh, I don't think enough people talk about it in the entrepreneur space. It's hustle, 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 grind, 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 get after it, get after it, get after it. Yeah, and you can only get after it for so much. Correct. Right. And at the end of the day, when you pass away, from what uh, I've seen, you know, I mean, you've witnessed more people passing than I have. Yeah. But nobody talks about how they got after it at no. the funeral. No. Nobody talks about the uh, workout post that they no. posted or the money that they made Zero. or the cars that they drove when they walk up and talk at the podium at the funeral. You know, at Kellyanne's dad's funeral, I was so fucking proud of Dave. I mean, I didn't know him like like right. you knew him, but I loved fucking Dave, man. I missed that guy. I loved him. Everyone there, bro, everyone there said, for not, listen, when a fucking stranger says you're a phenomenal dad, you're a you're the you're a fucking gangster. And everyone there, phenomenal dad, the girls loved him, he loved the girls, he was an awesome guy, blah, 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 blah. No one said he fucking owned this print shop and whoop the woo. Nope. Nobody. Nope. But everyone the, said, dude, to hear that, yeah. you're like, he didn't you know, miss one game, fuck one no. practice. None. Yeah. Everyone knew that. And everyone knew that's how that's how they was known. Yeah. Dude, I became envious of that. I'm like, yeah, I, I want that. Yeah. Like I wanna be, I wanna be like that now. Right. Like not Eddie the big flipper, units, yeah. fucking whoop the woo. Fuck that. Oh, uh, you know, oh yeah, fucking Eddie man. He's ghetto, loves his kids. <laughs> you know, that's you know, that's yeah. And yeah. I got that from Dave. Yeah. I got that from his funeral. Yeah. And I told so Nicole that and she's like, you're right. And at Nicole's dad's funeral, when his when her dad passed away, the exact same thing. Yeah. Because even to this day, Nicole says my dad was a phenomenal, phenomenal dad. And dude, that's what that's that's what we should be striving for. Hundred percent. I understand we have to work to provide. Yeah, we have to provide. We have to provide no matter what. Right. But there's got to be a balance of provision. For sure. And a balance for the family. Right. Well, and there's a lot of people we know, <clears throat> and even ourselves included, right? Absolutely. We don't, there's we don't need to do a lot of the things no. we do. No, right? no. Um, so yeah, no, we don't. That's interesting. We so, don't. how many flips were you doing? How many flips did you do the most in one year? So the most flips I did was one twenty. I did one twenty flips. flips uh, yeah, four years ago. And well, that the was first easy year and my own. fun and, and it was exciting, the, right? It was. Uh, listen, to all <laughs> you guys that want to do that many, I'm telling you from experience because I'm a very micromanagerial person. It's not even worth it. You're gonna make a lot of money, but you're also gonna waste a lot of money, and you're gonna waste your life. I wasted a year of my children's lives working literally 14, 15-hour days, working on Saturdays. Even on Sundays when I'm at church, my phone is ringing. And again, everything comes at a cost. I did 120. I will never do that again. And you were working, working. Like now you, Saturdays, you go to the job site, you help out some of Correct. the guys. It's more enjoyable. You Correct. were working, Yeah, working, I was working, working. working. Literally working, wow, working. that's crazy. So we did 120. Um, 
the next year after that, I did 80. And then the last two years, I've done like 40 or 50, I think. And then <clears throat> I think this year we said we're going to do like 20, 25, which is still a ton of flips. That's like two a month um, that are good. And 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 that's it. If, they, if more come, fine, because I yeah. know how to manage them. Right. But I never want to get to like 70 or 50. There's just no need. And you just don't flip. And we're going to have to bring Eddie back to talk about SB9 and SB10 on, on what you do. But uh, real fast, just yeah. so so you went into so you went in through flipping. And then from there, you spend all your money on cars and you went on lavish vacations and you bought a bunch of like Rolexes, no. right? So I did the complete opposite. Um, I'm a very frugal person. I'm not cheap, but I'm frugal. I don't I don't spend my money on materialistic things. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. Everyone can spend their money how it makes you happy. For me, because of my children having this this uh, developmental uh, issue, which I know they're going to be fine, I wanted to make sure that I left them and my wife, if anything happened to me, Nicole, with a very good financial stepping stone. So all the money that I've ever made from flips, I would always go and buy a property, a house, free and clear, because I just I don't believe in, in having mortgages. I don't believe in having debt. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I think there's, you know, everyone is a different type of investor. I'm a no debt type of investor and there's people that you know leverage and there's nothing wrong with that that's great right um so i started buying properties and while i was buying these properties i started realizing that they have pretty large backyards because they're in San Bernardino riverside area and i started thinking to myself okay well i build now right i, I build and i remodel maybe i could start building you know houses in the back and i started doing that even before sb9 and sb10 came about to to build my rental portfolio, basically to add more doors to the doors I already had. And one of the reasons why I did that was because you save a lot of money on entitlements. So you're, you know, if you're building from the ground up, you have to pay electrical, sewer, gas, um, yeah, those three, and water, actually. Um, and when you already have a home, all of that is already there. If you build a second unit in the back or third or fourth, uh, Edison doesn't charge you to drop another line. Um, the you know the the sewer's already there. You just gotta connect to it. The gas the gas company doesn't charge you to put an, an extra meter. Um, the water company does. If you want to have an extra water meter for those pro extra properties, they do charge you for that. Right. But in in the in most rentals, the landlord pays for the water anyways. So I never added extra water meters to the properties that I built. So I I wanted to increase the number of rental doors that I had by minimizing the cost of building them. Mm. So I realized that by doing units in the backyards of the properties I already had would accomplish that. And it did to the extremely well. So how many houses have you bought total? I have. Or do you own? I or own. Doors? Okay. I own 39 doors. So 39 doors. 39 doors. And then you're building units on these. Correct. Houses that you already have. Correct. And what's the ultimate goal? Total units. So my goal was to have 50 houses paid off. Right. I'm at 39. Um, and now, funny enough, I want to have another 50 because I want to leave Eddie with 50 and Nico with 50. Right. Um, but the next 50, I'm, I'm going to buy. Different strategy. Different strategy. I'm yeah. going to do the, you know, the mortgage, 10% down, you know, burn method, stuff like that. Right. Funny enough, because I was speaking to you about it yesterday, most people do it backwards, right? They do yeah. the burn first yeah, and then Zuber. they pay them off. Yeah, Zuber yeah, was like, you Zuber. did it backwards. Yeah, backwards. <laughs> but because I didn't know how to do it any other way, Right. this is the way that I'm doing it. So, but, well, now you have tons of cash <clears throat> on hand if you needed it. Correct. If I needed to, make like, those down payments. Correct. And, which is what I'm thinking yeah. about doing. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's, that's the goal. That's the goal to do that next. I love Slowly it. Slowly but surely. But to be honest, I'm going to slow down on it. I'm, you know, I'm going to, the end of the year, I have to build three more houses, which I'll complete. Next year, you know, obviously we have your project and Josh's. And then the year after that, um, I'm probably going to start building my house because I'm going to build, I'm going to build my home. It's going to take probably about six, eight months. For the plans and all that to, to he's like, kidding Nicole. He's going to start building a house this year. This well, year. at the end of the year, I'm going to start. <laughs> I'm going to start building it, but it's going to take a year to complete. Well, yeah, and then yeah, and then see, so yeah. so the you know the grading and all that stuff, the heavy machinery, right. is not my guys. Well, actually, I was just didn't want you to get in trouble. Yeah, no, no, she knows. <laughs> she knows. She's more than happy that what, what I'm going to get. That's so exciting, dude. Yeah. So you just closed on the lot. I closed on the Congratulations. land. Congratulations. Thank you. I closed on the land last Friday. That's awesome. So you're building okay. a custom house and custom Rancho. built house. Yeah, by our buddy Eriberto. Yeah. Uh, he is a phenomenal architect. Uh, you guys, if you need a architect, you need somebody to help you with SP9 plans. and SP10. I'll you know I'll give you the info. Well, that guy's so phenomenal. Name? Eriberto Espinoza. 
And you, his From company is? VDLR Development. Sorry, I know it, but I just didn't want to get it yeah. wrong. So VDL Development, you can yep. actually uh, go on Instagram and find them. Yep, under uh, VDL Development. In the notes section, you guys will find his phone number. Yes. Let him know Eddie sent you. And he actually is the one that has helped me with my SB9 and SB10 properties. He is a, a world of knowledge. How many SB9 are you doing now? I'm doing three. Three. Three so real fast, just for yep. those people who don't know what SB9 is, what is SB9 in the state of California? So SB9 allows you to add two additional dwelling units into your property. So let's say you have a house. Okay. You could add two more dwelling units to your house. As like an ADU and junior two, yeah, ADU? Yeah, ADU, or you could build a duplex. Okay. You could build a duplex on, on, the, on, on the property, okay. which is what I'm doing. I'm building duplexes. Or you could build sing, stand standalone units. You know, two more houses, basically. Oh, wow. So you will go from one one door to three doors with SB9. SB10, if I'm correct, and Eddie Berta could correct me, is you're able to split the lots. So if you have enough square footage on the lot, right. you could split the lot, and then you could do SB9, which will give you three doors on one lot and three doors on the other, on the lot. other lot. Two mm -hmm. separate APN two numbers. Two separate APN numbers. Taking a 450 purchase to a exit of a million dollars. million, easily. Easily a million dollars. Wow. So I think he was actually, believe it or not, my property in San Bernardino that I did the duplex on was the very first SB9 approved by the state of San Bernardino. And Heriberto had to literally coach and guide the building official of the state of San Bernardino. Because when we submitted plans, they literally denied, denied it. And he had to call him and tell him, you cannot deny because of this, this, and this. Right. The building official was a little bit like a dick adamant. Then Heriberto was able to be like, look, I'm here to help. Let me help you. He literally coached him and showed him awesome. the law. And we were the first ones to get approved. Because the state of California, will that will override any, any and, local city. Yeah, and that's city. another thing. Yeah, right. cities could, could tell you no. Right. They cannot tell you no. Right, it's, but they have, regu they have their they regulations. They have regulations when it comes to the But to there the is setbacks. no no. There is no no. Huh. No. There is no no. That's awesome. It's a it's a California law. What, what's the difference between a junior ADU and an ADU? Uh, a junior ADU, I believe, has to be under 400 square feet, if okay. I'm correct with the square footage. An ADU could go up to 1,200 square feet, but most people keep it under 750 because under 750 you don't play you don't pay as much money into um, impact fees. Uh, what was it? Impact fees. impact fees. Correct. Thank you. Impact fees. I just um, know that because yesterday yeah, I called. impact fees and also the school fees. Okay. Um, but for me, because I'm trying to maximize the rental income, paying an extra two or three grand in impact fees is not going to make a difference when I'm going to make an extra $1,000 a month On your for right. my rental. Right. Instead right. of going from a 2-1, 800-square-foot house, I could go through a 3-2, 1,200-square-foot house right. that I'm going to be able to get. And also, the market for a 3-2 is a lot bigger right. than a 2-1 right. for families. Yeah. So that's why I always tell people, maximize it. You're gonna pay a little bit more in your impact. You're gonna pay a little bit more in your school fees, but the rental income that you're going to get is gonna be bigger and the value of the property is gonna increase because you have two homes now, right? Right. You have two 1,200 square foot homes right? and people see that. I think it's the California gold rush, like really. It's incredible gold right, rush now. right now. If you really so, like pay attention absolutely. to it. ADUs have, and you know what's funny? Yeah. ADUs were, were like pretty popular like three or four years ago, right? right? I remember that. In LA, like, oh, you could build right, an ADU, LA, yeah. right? But now, because of the fact that you have your own separate address, you have your own separate meters, and it's, it's adding value to your property, it is literally the second gold rush. Yeah. And contractors, that's another thing, you guys, make sure that you guys speak to your contractors and get a, a, a pretty decent square foot amount. Price per square foot. Yeah, because yeah. they're going, you're talking absurd amounts. Really? Now. Yeah. The last I heard, the average was like 300 to Holy 350. Shit. A square yeah. foot? 300 to 350. So if you build a 1,000 square foot house, you're paying $300,000? But here's what's funny. I'll tell you why it changed. Think about it. How much, is this, how much yeah. would it cost to build a house? Yeah, no, you're right. How much would it cost? 300 grand, right, to build a 1,200 square foot home. But because ADUs back in the day were not seen as that, the contractor was charging you 200, right? Right. Yeah, it's a... It's an addition, whatever. Now, they wait know. a minute. Wait a minute. It's you got your value is going to go up. Yeah, you're just going to double. So what happens? They charge Price you more. Which in theory, you're like, wait a minute. Why? Yeah, but you're building another house. That makes sense. You're building another house, so it's still not that expensive. 
So this is how the numbers work, guys. You would buy a house for $400,000, for an example, in yep. San Bernardino. Uh, you would build, you would turn the garage into an, an ADU, which would cost how much? Probably a hundred grand. Okay, right? so you're yeah. 500 grand you're into 500 it. Grand and, and you yeah. build another ADU in the backyard that cost how much? Ground up. Uh, probably 250 So 250 So yeah. what are we at? Uh, five, seven fifty. Seven fifty. And the exit on that is probably a mil. A million. Easily a mil. So you have now you have three of them. You have three doors. I would even say a little, even a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, a bit more. Right, a little bit more yeah. than a mil. You just have now what four hundred thousand dollars in positive equity. Correct. That you just gain. If you do a cash out refi, you're getting all your money back, as as yeah. Thatch talks about as Correct. a burr. If you, if you if you were to run that model, yes, right, you were yes. to run a burr model, you would be able to pull all the money you spent in that garage and in the back ADU. You now have a mortgage of what uh, five grand, if and, that, right? Forty five hundred. But you're getting probably eight grand in rents. You're making four thousand dollars positive on top of four thousand dollars or four hundred thousand dollars in equity. Correct. So it takes away from you guys buying a house and getting four hundred bucks. The California real estate's dead. You know, and that's California another thing. Yeah, dead. you know, I see a lot of I don't understand why and mind you, I'm not the smartest person when it comes to real estate, to be honest. I get guided by you and by Josh. Seems to be. To but me. um but anyone that tells you that you guys cannot invest in California is because they don't they don't really know or they don't have the correct mindset. I think California is by far, will always be, always. other than Seattle, because Thatch's market right. is incredible. Well, That's where he's there. Yeah. Right. Like, it's, we're very similar markets as far as the price points. For sure. If you could invest here, what would you not want to? Right. Yes. And the problem is this. It's going to be a longer process, right? Right. Which is why I say we're not patient. Right. You could go somewhere else and pay 80, 100 grand, right? Yeah. And buy a house and get cash. Right. Yeah, but the appreciation of that. And mind you, there's people that do that because yeah, they're- it makes sense for and them. And it makes sense for yeah, them. Yeah, 100%. And, and, and yeah. I know people personally, a really good friend of mine is doing that right now. And I don't want to say his name because I don't want people to like yeah. bombard him with questions. He's doing that right now. And I actually, we talked about that. And he explained to me why. He says, I don't care about the appreciation. Right. I care about the, pa about the, cash, the cash flow. flow. And he showed well, and the me, depreciation and too. obviously I'm like, bro, good for you, because right. it matches for what he wants to do. 100%. For me, because I am able to leverage some of the properties for cash, I'm gonna stay here. Right. But for someone that doesn't have the ability that we have, right. yeah, it's okay to go look yeah, somewhere else. 100%. But definitely, California is not dead by any means. No. It's, I think it's, I think in the next two years, because of the ADU, SB9, SB10, we're gonna have a second gold rush, and it's gonna be real estate. Well, we have a housing shortage oh by far so and more i mean people say people are moving out of california no but, how mean, many people come back look, look at this i mean come on no you, we're here in the harbor right yes. i mean you're not california is california no right it's never unless gonna, unless it just goes away not going like, to it, it people are going to be here for as many people that leave i would like to see uh data of how many people come, come in or yeah. come back yeah, or come back right or yeah. come back Yes, people do leave. I understand that. But yeah. people come too. 100%. And if that wasn't true, I wouldn't have 30 applications yeah, 100%. for my rentals in San, in San Bernardino. Rents wouldn't be what they are. In San Bernardino. Rents are $10,000 a month. Yes. Listen, I'm renting, and I hope I don't burn my rentals. I'm, I'm renting San Bernardino properties for $25 to $2,800. That is crazy. And mind you, it's not just one person applying. Josh has like 10 or 15 people that applying to these houses. And they're not like in the hills. They're right. in the rougher areas of San Bernardino. That's crazy. Right? So, no, it's not dead right. and it's not slow. It's very much alive. And a lot of people that are out of state, that are out of California, I get why they invest out of state. Of course. But people that are in California, a lot of it to you guys is shiny objects on Instagram. You know, you see other people doing it. And I get it, right? Yes. I get it. But it's a lot of smoke and mirrors. Listen, don't be fooled by what you see, right? Like the most, some of the most successful people that I know are the quietest ones, to most, be honest. Yeah. Like my boy, Kevin Misai, you know him. Yeah. He's probably one of the most quietest guys on Instagram. That fucking kid has like 20 something doors. Yeah. Nobody knows. I hope I didn't Mo burn you, Kevin. More than most of the coaches. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin Watson, our, my other buddy, Kevin Watson. Right. He's another quiet person. Right. That has multiple doors. Yeah. And then you see all of these guys that are posting and have all these followers and they don't have shit. Yeah. I know that for a fact. And I'm not going to burn them because it's not my place to do that. <laughs> I'm not talking bad about them. I'm just trying to show you guys that whatever you see on Instagram is smoke and mirrors. Smoke and mirrors. 100% of it it is. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. 
The people that have it are not going to show it. No. They don't need to show it. Yeah. Like, and the people that don't have it are going to try to show it because they need that positive reinforcement. Yeah, from the validation. Guys. Validation. Yeah. yeah. I remember being Validation. There. Yeah. yeah. And like, you I'll, went through that. Oh, yeah. yeah. You went through I, that. Well, I had to go through it for yeah. sure. I'm, glad, I'm grateful I did. Yeah, sure. you did. Because yeah. if you didn't go through it then... Yeah. You would be going through it now and with your be, wife and your kid. Yeah, that'd be a problem. And it would be a big yeah, issue. That'd be a problem. So you went through it at the perfect time. Yeah. Well, you it's really like Augie. Like Augie. I mean, Correct. Dude, he's a freaking all-time baller. Absolutely. All-time. That fucking guy looks like a bum. He looks like me. <laughs> and that guy is balling out of control. Even yeah. his kids, right? Yeah. Derek and and, and, yeah. and, um, and Alex. Alex. Super humble guys. You don't see them, like, loud. And they're very good. Yeah. You know, great businesses, properties they're gonna start building yeah. right there and why because their dad yeah they, they're they're a direct you know yeah. uh result 100%. of their dad i'm getting getting you on augie by the way i, yeah, know, I, want you, I know you here. listen to this i want so you're getting on. i want to be here when augie's here because right. i don't want to be drinking We're gonna get so i want augie here yes definitely definitely this was fun uh eddie for some last remaining words for rather that be you know, from what you learned in high school from what you learned in i don't know college to flipping houses to your babies what was what's coming to your heart that you can leave the audience with? Don't ever allow money to get in the way of a relationship. It doesn't matter who it is. Uh, no relationship is worth any amount of money. Create memories with the people that you love. Don't think that the memory is going to be created by what you buy. Instead, make sure that you create memories with the people that you love by going to dinner or going on a trip. And always, always remember that no matter what you're going through, if you have faith with whatever it is that you believe in, I believe in Jesus Christ, you're going to be perfectly okay. No matter what it is, Amen. you're going to be perfectly okay. Amen. That's it. You guys, this was awesome. Go follow Eddie if you aren't already following Eddie. His Instagram is at Eddie, Eddie underscore, underscore Salinas240. Salinas240. And... Uh, Thank you. You're welcome. Anything for you. You are you. buying dinner. No, I appreciate it. I guarantee. I you will. Guys, pay, I guarantee you, I'm buying shit. <laughs> thank you so much for, tu for, for tuning into today's mm -hmm. episode. We appreciate you. If you haven't done so already, share this podcast with somebody you know, guys. Say it was awesome, Eddie. Thank love you. Brother. I love you. Appreciate I love you. Bro. you. Let's love go. You. All right, guys. See you on the next episode. Let's go.